Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm happy that you can join me in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs as we discuss photography, business, and that sometimes messy thing we call life. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the professional photographer. Visit photographersedit.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am joined today by uh, a new guest of ours and certainly a new friend of mine, Gene Yoon. Gene, thank you so much for making time for the Boca podcast. Of course. Thanks for having me. Well, and, and we are, I, I mentioned this to you before we got started, but to keep everybody on the, on the same page, we're, we're going to move a little bit more quickly today than normal. I know that you've got limited time for our conversation, so we're just going to dive right in. And uh, the first question that I have for you, one that we normally start here at, uh, start with here at the podcast is about brand position. You're in the Chicago market, which is a, a tough market to be in. You, you have a lot of competition, so-called competition. How do you set yourself apart? What is the unique selling point of your photography business? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And you're completely right in that it's a big market here for weddings. And so I think ultimately from what I've heard from other couples and kind of the way I've positioned myself is to um, just have really creative content as far as photos and then um, have it natural looking. And a lot of my work is heavily focused on photojournalistic photography for weddings. So yeah, I think that's kind of what separates me apart a little bit. And is is that photojournalistic style not as common in the Chicago market? Because I know it became quite popular over the last, uh, well, particularly about 10 to 15 years ago. I was actually shooting in the Chattanooga market at the time, and it was a very conservative market, small market. So the idea of photojournalism was a unique concept. Um, is it not as common in Chicago? No, you know, I, I definitely, as you're kind of saying that, I do echo in that I think it's growing as well here in Chicago. Um, and I think there's a lot of photographers who do it well, but I think a lot of my photos, even just being documentary style is pretty heavily focused on reactions and emotions. And I think that's something that I'm very intentional about. So whether it's during ceremony or reception or parents holding hands or grandma crying or wedding party laughing when they don't know I'm there, I think all those moments kind of add to that story that I'm trying to tell. And I think that I do a little differently. So, yeah. That's cool. Well, yeah, perspective, I think, is ultimately unique in many cases, just based on our perspective. We bring a different perspective to the picture, at literally and figuratively, hopefully. So <laughs> that, that I appreciate you sharing your perspective on, on this idea of brand position. It's a tough one. You know, it's a big conversation. There's one thing that you mentioned I want to touch on briefly, which is that you said based on what your clients ta- say about you. And that's actually an interesting way to go about exploring brand position rather than coming out and saying, hey, this is who I am or this is who I want to be. If you're an established photographer, you've been shooting for a little bit even, ask your clients how they see you, what they feel and think about you. And there may be a gem in that feedback that you can capitalize on, you can jump on and use that as a launching point for for a simple and clear brand position. If your clients see you in a particular way, if if there's a particular element of the way that you photograph or interact with them that really resonates with them and that you you find that consistently, that might be a great way to establish a, a clear brand position. So I just wanted to highlight that really quick. I appreciate you bringing that up. Next question for you, though. And first of all, actually, I should ask you, how many years have you been in business as a photographer? Yeah, so I've been doing it. This is my fifth season now. Okay. And I went full-time in 2017. So this is my third season that I'm going into wow. as far as 
this just being full time. Okay, yeah. So this is pretty fresh for you, which is, is cool. Um, what would you say is the biggest lesson that you've learned thus far as a photography business owner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot, but I think something that definitely sticks out and I know we're going to touch on later is it's really that mantra and that belief in community and mm. really just helping each other out, whether that's with other photographers, other vendors or other artists. I think having that mentality will take um, anyone really very far. Yeah, and I'm gonna we're gonna leave that uh, as a cliffhanger, if you will, because we are gonna touch on this this idea of community in more detail here in just a little bit. Maybe you can kind of expound on the significance of it in your business at that point. But let's jump to time, and I'm actually on the homepage of your site. And by the way, for those of you listening in, we'll link to Gene's website. It is Gene G E N E dash Y O O N dot com, Yoon dot com, and uh, of course Gene Yoon on Instagram. We'll link to both of those in the show notes at Boca, B-O-K-H podcast.com. But Gene, I'm on the homepage of your site and I love that front and center. You scroll down just briefly. There's a picture of you with your family, beautiful family, by the way. And, uh, <laughs> and so we, ha- we need to talk about time, right? Because running a photography business can eat up a lot of time. How do you create space? How do you create time for yourself, for your family outside of sitting in front of the computer? Is there a particular workflow tip or technique that you can recommend? Yeah, this is this is a great question and something that I'm still always tweaking. I would say that when we, we have two daughters now, when we had our first daughter three years ago, this was the biggest struggle to find to find the time for my family, but yeah. also to grow my business. You know, I, I would say one of the things that's really helped me out is to really be intentional about the time that I'm carving out for that week or for that day. And so kind of before that week starts, I will a lot looking at my projects, how much time I need for work, and then how much time I'm giving for my family. And so week to week that changes uh, Mm. depending on my workload or if we have family schedules. Um, But sometimes one of the things that's really helped me out is waking up really early in the morning. Yeah, I know that not everyone is an early riser, um, but even waking up two hours earlier, three hours earlier to have that much more time in your day. um, It may require an extra cup of coffee, but I find (laughs) that that's something that, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's really kind of changed my business and how much time I can give to it and still give the proper amount of time to my family as well. And when you talk about carving out time and how that varies from week to week, are you sitting down at the beginning of the week with a notebook and and looking at your calendar? Is there a particular way that you go about that process of determining how much time you're going to spend with projects versus family? 100%. Yeah. So I always probably Saturday or Sunday night, I will look at my work calendar and then my family calendar. Um, and then usually Sunday night before the week starts, I'll sit down with my wife and then we'll go over what's going on for that week with our family. Love that. Um, and I kind of build around that. So, um, really at the end of the day, um, I kind of do this for them too. It's not just for me. It's not just for the art, but it's really to support them as well. And so we do look at both calendars and then obviously with my work calendar as well, I'll look at all the projects that are in queue, what's coming up for shoots, how many, ed- how much editing I have to do. And then based on that, I will kind of rough draft how many hours I need that week and then start playing around with when I'll be working. Wow. That's cool. And so then you determine based on the hours that you're seeing associated with those various projects and tasks, will you assign segments of time to particular days or what, what, what do you do at that point? Yeah, no, for sure. So typically we'll have one day during the week. That's completely just family day. That's no work. I'll email maybe a few times a day, but I won't do any editing, no shoots that day. But those last four days, those are typically designated for almost full days of work. Hmm. And it shifts around depending on if we're going somewhere for traveling, if something's happening, if I have a shoot that week. But um, for the most part, yeah, I'm kind of building around 
trying to work 40 ish hours. Sometimes it's a lot more than that, but um, I try to maintain around that, that number. Well, innate to your approach to this process of managing your time is something that we talk about a lot on the, on the podcast, but it can't be emphasized enough, which is the notion of proactivity, right? Instead of getting into your work week and just reacting to everything that's incoming, you're deciding ahead of time how you're spending your time, which, I mean, by the way, is, is also a, a wonderful reflection of this idea of actually being your own boss, right? Rather than getting caught up and run over by your business, you're deciding ahead of time, this is how I'm going to spend my time. <laughs> this is what needs to get done. And not only that, you're able to, to decide ahead of time, hey, my first of all, my family's important, but this is how I'm going to make sure that I'm giving them time as well. And I love the priority that you put on on those relationships. I think it's it's a beautiful thing. And, and I have to say again, your family is just stunning. And for those of you listening in, you got to go check out the, the family picture there on the homepage too. And, and congratulations on, on, well, relatively new kids. Uh, being, a, being a father <laughs> of, of young girls, has that been a big challenge for you, especially months running a business? Yeah, no, thank you, first of all. And I, I put them on my website because they're very much a part of me. They're very much, I don't really post a lot of family stuff on social media, but they're on my stories a lot. And I think that's one of the things I found that over the past couple of years, my clients really like. They're seeing a layer of my life that's beyond just work gene or the professional gene. But it's been challenging for sure. I think that's one of the reasons why I got a studio a couple of years ago, just because editing at home, or going to coffee shops was getting expensive. And it, that's a challenge that, especially that first year when we had Sophie, our first daughter, was hard for sure. That was a lot of lot of early mornings, a lot of late nights. Yeah. But I think right now where we're at, because they're one and three respectively, we've kind of hit a flow as far as our, our work and family life balance. And so um, right now, it is in a very good place as far as rhythm. That's really cool. Well, and, and by the way, I have to point out too for our listeners, if you go to Gene's Instagram and it's just Gene, G-E-N-E-Y-O-O-N, Gene Yoon on Instagram, we'll link to it in the show notes as I mentioned, but uh, there's this post from April 21st, which is like a candid photo of of the four of you, which is so great. Uh, I, love, <laughs> I, I love the personality innate to that, but I have to give you props again for prioritizing the, the relationship with them, not just saying it, but actually doing something about it, being proactive in the way that you're managing your time. And, and that's a great example for myself and, and all of our listeners. I appreciate you sharing that. What's the most impactful business or self-help book that you've read or listened to to date? Yeah, I mean, oh man, I think earlier on, um, five or six years ago when I was starting, I was reading a lot of books. I can't recall any specific titles, but I remember reading a lot of books about how to start a photography business wedding photography and all these things. But truthfully for me, it's really been two things. It's been YouTube okay. and it's been other photographers. Um, early on in my career, one thing that I was very intentional about was really just meeting a lot of other photographers. Kind of the way I started was I was working a full-time job and I just wanted to start photography. And so once the very first summer that I, before I launched my own business, I basically reached out to 20 photographers in my area and I ended up second shooting 30 weddings that summer for, I think, seven different people. And uh, it wasn't really even for monetary gain. It was really just for me to learn. And so I think that was incredibly beneficial for me to start out. And then yeah. the other resource has been YouTube. And I know that's kind of silly to say because it's just watching videos. But I think whether it's technical skills, it's just gear information, um, lighting, just all these different things, I really have learned from that platform. And so... Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of books, a lot of podcasts, but I think 
those two are probably one of the bigger influencers in my growth. Yeah. Well, but the thing is, there's, there's nothing shameful about talking about getting your education online, whether it's YouTube or Google search or otherwise. I mean, this conversation has been kind of exhausted at this point, but in, in not too many years ago, the, the question about whether or not to go to photography school, I would, I would say to a photographer, you know, you can get in three months online for free, um, a, probably a better education actually than you would, that you would get spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars going to a, a, quote school or you know an actual school photography school to get a photography degree it just doesn't make sense and we have the resources available to us why not take advantage of them and we can learn more quickly the combination certainly of hands-on work with the information that we can get online and then as you pointed out the connections with other photographers which again we're going to get into in more detail here in just a second that's a great combo and it's no it's no wonder why you've, aside from your obvious skill and your personality, why you've been able to do so well is that, that we have wonderful access to that information and we should all take advantage of it for sure. 100%. Yeah, it's been, um, I think, especially as you're touching on it, the past few years, whether it's Skillshare or other platforms, there's just been an incredible amount of education and content um, that are resources for, I think, a lot of emerging photographers. And I know a lot of people, as far as wedding photographers now in the industry, are releasing workshops and are releasing classes online. And so I think those things, it's really changing the landscape for photographers who want to begin their careers and their business. And yeah, it's been a big, I attribute a lot of my business so far and growth to, to those platforms. That's great. And, and then simultaneously, and the big caveat here, of course, is because that information is so readily available, it's a lot easier for an individual to become a photographer, a professional photographer. And so in addition to having easy access to this information and continuing to better ourselves, we also have to make sure we're doing everything possible to set ourselves apart in the experience that we give to our clients or potential clients so that we can set ourselves apart from somebody who's just jumping in because it's easy. And uh, that's something to keep at least in the back of our minds uh, as well. When we talk about the idea of being proactive as business owners, that's certainly an element of our business that we need to be proactive in, staying on top of the latest and providing the best possible experience for our clients. What's the most unusual item in your camera bag that enables you to be a better photographer? And by the way, this doesn't have to be a camera or a lens or a flash. It could be something totally random. What comes to mind? <laughs> yeah, no. So something that I actually started doing a couple of years ago was, and I really do this more for engagement sessions or portrait sessions, but um, I started carrying around a small Bluetooth speaker. And yeah. the reason why I did that was one of the things that I asked my couples pretty early on in the consulting process is what type of music they like. And based off of their preferences, I'll build them um, basically a personalized playlist. Yes. And then when it comes to the engagement session or the family session or the portrait session, just to make it put them more at ease and to keep the, I would say just the energy more upbeat. Um, I'll play that music to that Bluetooth speaker. And I can't tell you how much it's really revolutionized uh, just my ability to evoke emotions out of couples, but also for them to feel more comfortable and almost forget that we're taking photos. But that's I would cool. say that's probably, yeah, it's one of the items in my, it never leaves my backpack. Um, I'll bring it on wedding days just in case, but it's been pretty incredible if I carry that thing around. And do you recommend a particular brand? I mean, is there a speaker that you've enjoyed most? Yeah. I mean, there's, I, I, don't, I can't remember the brand that I have. Um, I bought it off of Amazon. I know there's so many options now and they're always coming out with new ones. Yeah, It's just a small little guy that it comes with a little carabiner that I can just hook onto, whether it's my strap or my messenger bag or the camera bag, whatever it is. 
Uh, it's just nice and easy and portable. Oh, wow. Okay. So you're talking about something pretty small though, too, if you're carrying on a carabiner. Yeah, I usually put it, it's probably three or four inches in diameter. It's, it's pretty small. Um, wow. It makes it a lot easier for traveling. I know that JBL has some versions of what I have. Right. But uh, yeah, it's, it's tiny. It's, you barely notice it's there. Huh. That's really cool. Okay. Well, we'll um, if you happen to, to think of the exact brand, don't hesitate to send us a link and we'll try to link to that in the show notes as well uh, for all of our listeners. And by the way, for you listening in, I know I mentioned this a lot, but do take advantage of the resources in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. Not only the links, of course, to our guests' websites and social media, but uh, Haley also puts together a pretty detailed show notes in association with the information that we're sharing, that we're discussing, uh, and of course, linking to resources from the discussion. So take advantage of that for sure. I, I know that I have a Bose SoundLink. They're called Bose SoundLink speakers. I know the latest version, they have a version two. It's 129 bucks. And it would pretty easily fit in a in a uh, a backpack, but it's and it creates incredible sound for its size. But the idea that you could hook something onto a carabiner and carry it around that easily is really cool. Yeah, yeah, and I I, I actually do have the Bose SoundLink as well in our home. But yeah, it's if you go onto Amazon or wherever you like to shop online, and you look up Bluetooth speakers, you'll find that there's a lot of small portable ones now. Yeah, that's great. Cool. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. And, and let's kind of jump into our primary focus for today, which has to do with community and something that you've done, which is certainly unusual. Most photographers haven't taken this approach to engaging with community. And, and actually, to that point, I have to say, first of all, I mean, we, we mentioned this idea of proactivity earlier. Um, some people talk about the significance of community. They might get involved, might occasionally, you know, get out from behind Facebook and actually go connect with somebody in person. But you've actually created a community in a co-working space in the Chicago market. And uh, so maybe you can talk just briefly, first of all, about the impetus behind even making this move. I mean, it's a, it's enough to have a photography business. <laughs> the idea that in such a short span of time, you've also begun to create this community and you've created this co-working space is a lot. Yeah, no, it's been, if you asked me three years ago, would I ever start a co-working space with friends to build a community of photographers and artists in Chicago? I would say you're out of your mind. Like there's no way that doesn't make sense. Yeah. But really the reason for kind of starting in the first place was I started my business in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And um, basically two and a half years ago, we moved to Chicago. So for me, it's a homecoming. My wife is from Grand Rapids, but because of that, this market was new for me as far as just the industry itself and the people here, I really knew almost no one. And so I had some contacts, but for the most part, those first six months of me being here really required a lot of me reaching out, a lot of coffee shop meetings, yeah. um, a lot of phone calls, a lot of industry events just to connect with people. But over the course of the six months, I began getting pretty close to a few wedding photographers here in Chicago. And so what we began to do was um, on a regular basis, basically weekly, we would go to a coffee shop and work together there for three or four days a week. And so that went on for about a few months. And then we quickly realized, hey, we're spending so much money going to this coffee shop. Why don't we just look for a space, to a studio to work out of together? And so two years ago now, with three other wedding photographers, we found a space here in Chicago. And that was kind of the beginnings of what eventually turned into what is now Creative Club Chicago, which is a co-working space. And we also do studio rentals. So did you, 
I mean, again, the idea of having a brand new photography business and simultaneously helping run this space, it seems pretty overwhelming. Do you have to put an incredible amount of time into to the co-working space in addition to your photography business each week? Does it ever get overwhelming? Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was early on. I would say that first year that we had the studio, at that point, it was still just us four working out of it. But what was happening was we began furnishing the space. So whether it was putting a couch or working table, lockers, a coffee station, a kitchenette, and then actually building out the studio portion that had all the seamless paper and the backdrops and the lights and the C-stands. That stuff definitely was, I remember that first year was busy for all of us just because we were all still in wedding season, building our brands. um, But at the same time, we were building this other thing together that really required a lot of physical attention, a lot of mental energy, and a lot of just collaborating with those other guys and making sure that we were doing everything the way we wanted to. Well, again, I have to give you major props for, for actually getting out and doing something about community. And I, I think about experiences that I've had personally where I've lost community and I find myself sitting there thinking, how can I go about connecting with, with more people or connecting effectively with people that I feel like I can relate to? And when you don't have a natural outlet, um, you may end up just stuck. Uh, and, and certainly I felt that way. I, I have a lot of respect for the fact that you decided to, in an effort to connect with other photographers to create community, that you decided just to go out and create that community. And again, that proactivity is a wonderful example for us. But talk to us about the, the business model. How can local photographers sign up and get involved? Do they Can they do shoots there in the studio? What does the whole thing look like? Yeah. So basically that first year in, it was just us. And then what happened over time was we began having other photographer friends in there and family and other friends constantly visiting the space. And it it came to a point where like, oh man, there's, there's a lot of people here. There's a lot of people sitting on the couch on their laptops working. And I think that kind of sparked the idea of, wait, what if we actually turn this into an official space that people can come work out of and connect with other um, artists and other business owners where if this could be a space that we can host events and workshops and yeah and so kind of with that spark we began building out the studio portion we began putting in more chairs more desks and then we officially launched just a little over a year ago as creative club chicago and so we have different types of membership whether that's quarterly if you want to do month to month if you want to do like a 10-day punch pass and then also that studio portion where we do do rentals and so we've had a lot of photographers in there a lot of filmmakers. We've had people do podcasts in there and just a lot of varying artists in there. And I think that's one thing that we were very intentional about in the beginning was this wasn't just a space just for photographers, but it was really a space for artists and other like-minded people and business owners to come together and really share their ideas, share their experiences, share the things they've learned, the mistakes they've made. Um, And I think that's kind of what morphed our space. And then fast forward a year now, that's kind of what we're maintaining and continuing to grow that mantra of really just having a space where people can gather together and um, just kind of share life and work together. Well, and by the way, for those of you listening, if you're curious to see what the space looks like, it's beautiful. Um, and we'll link to this in the show notes as well, but it's creativeclubchicago.com. Pretty straightforward. And uh, really beautifully done too, Gene. I mean, the, the, the aesthetic is very minimal and it seems to, to kind of encourage creativity, right? There's not a lot of clutter. And so that gives space mentally 
uh, creatively for photographers and business owners to come in and to create and 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 ultimately to connect as well. And and speaking of, actually, as as I was saying that, I noticed a picture of uh, some some cocktail fixings. Uh, and one of the images <laughs> that, that was scrolling past, so that that's a good that's a good uh, impetus for connection as well. But um, this is a really interesting model, and and especially in in such a large market like Chicago, to create something like this is pretty cool. Um, you do studio rentals as well, and there's information about that there. And you know, for those of you listening in, I know that this is not a, a typical interview or topic, but I one of the reasons that I think this is important for our listeners to hear about is. Again, if, if we want community, if we want connection, I mean, it's, it's very commonly uh, not only known, but um, talked about the fact that a lot of photographers feel, photography business owners feel alone, and they may have a hard time connecting with other photographers. I mean, I have to say, even in our local community, it, it seems to be really difficult to, to actually get photographers to, to show up, to go out and meet for coffee or meet for brunch. Uh, to commit to getting out from behind the computer and and connect for an hour or two, and I'm not sure. I mean, I could I can guess at various reasons why that's the case at this point in 2019. But if you feel like you're missing community, there may be an opportunity to do something similar to what Gene has done in Chicago in your local market. And uh, so this is a, a really interesting conversation, not only philosophically but practically there may be an opportunity for you to do something similar in your market. So Gene, give us further perspective. Talk to us about your long-term goals for the space in this business model. Yeah. Um, and even as far as what you're just touching on, as far as a practical standpoint, you're completely right in that. I don't think we've really done anything special per se. And truthfully, it wasn't extremely difficult either as far as getting people connected. It's really just a matter of, I think with the ability and accessibility, we have social media now and Facebook groups and everything else um, it really is just a matter of reaching out to people and seeing if they're interested in working together and then eventually kind of working your way to getting a space together. But really kind of our plan for Creative Club Chicago is um, we've toyed around with a lot of ideas. And so I think for the time being, um, it's still going to be maintained as a co-working space and as a place so that we can offer studio rentals. Down the road, the idea is that we'd get a bigger space and start offering more services. So whether it's having an, an actual built-out audio or podcast room, um, building out a bigger studio space with more backdrops or more props, and really being able to house more services for other artists. I think one of the difficulties we have right now with the space is that it's not incredibly big. And so we do kind of cap out as far as how many people can be in this space at one given time. But I think for us, corking and studio rentals is kind of still just the beginning. We're very curious to see that even as our own businesses are growing into different branches, like when we first started two years ago, all of us were wedding photographers. Most of the guys do filmmaking as well. But over the past year now, a lot of the guys and even other photographers in our space have moved to commercial work and doing it in tandem with weddings. And so I think just branching off into different genres um, has demanded the space to be used differently as well. And so we have more lights in the now than we ever did, more audio equipment, more C-stands than we ever have. And so I think moving forward as far as kind of plans for what we want to do with Creative Club is really just to continue growing it, have a bigger space to offer more people in the space, but to even be able to offer other services as well. That's really cool. Well, it, it's, it's awesome not only to be proactive and to create something when you see a need, especially if there's a personal need, but also to think long-term, think big picture and think about opportunity. And, and you know, as, as much as it seems like everything's been done under the sun, there, 
and and even I mean, you pointed out, Gene, this is not as a business concept. That's certainly not a new idea, but there was a need, and and you created something to fill a need. And there are so many opportunities like that if we just look around us. And uh, again, kudos to you guys, you and your partners for for capitalizing on this opportunity. And I hope it continues to grow and grow for you. What talk to us about just on a very practical level again here as we close out the most important lessons that you've learned about creating community in a local market that might even be applicable for those who are not necessarily creating a co working space, but they want to encourage connection in their local community. You know, I think there's a lot that come to mind, and I think one that we've kind of been touching on now so far is just the willingness to connect. I think. People would be surprised just how many other photographers or other business owners also want to connect with other people, but just don't know how to. And um, I think one of the benefits of just being in a larger market or a bigger city is that there are so many groups to join in Facebook. There's so many events that are being hosted weekly. But I think one, it's really just that willingness to go out there. It's a willingness to, to reach out to someone that you don't know, that you've been following on Instagram, you really love their work. And just saying, hey, would you, you don't know me, but I love your work and I love what you're doing and I'd love to learn from you and just grab a coffee and chat. And I think that'll take someone very far. I think just that willingness to connect will take, I think that's something that differentiates people in the beginning as far as how they're growing their business. People who are willing to put themselves out there, to be a little uncomfortable, to ask for help, to ask for advice, as opposed to trying to still do everything by yourself. Um, not even in my own experience, but I think when I look at other people as well, other business owners, I've, I kind of see that as a trend as far as people who are doing well or who are growing their businesses continually is that they're taking that approach. Mm. And then I think another thing too is from a creative standpoint, I, th- I think this doesn't just pertain to shooting wedding photography, but I think in general being creative, I think it's something that you can never really finish or kind of climax. I think that's something that should always be explored, always be, there should always be curiosity around it. And so I think that's why with weddings specifically, I do enjoy them so much because there's so much room for creativity. And I know that we have all the shots we have to get, whether it's that first kiss or the first look or the speeches or the getting ready. But between those spaces, especially if you're very upfront and transparent with your couple, there's so much wiggle room to be creative, to try new things, to try new techniques, to bring new equipment, to use different lighting, to compose differently, to use lines and space differently. And so I think even being very intentional about how you're being creative and how you're always growing that is another big thing. And you feel like being creating this community and having the opportunity to interact with other creatives, other photographers has helped encourage that creativity? 100%, yeah. I, I mean, I couldn't even tell you how many things I've learned now um, just from being in our space, from other photographers and business owners, um, even from workflow, how we back up stuff, what services we use, what galleries are we using for delivering to our clients, like how, who's hosting our website, all these things that you don't really, you're like, oh, it's just, it's a given, you do this or this. But I've learned so much just from being around other like minded people, even from the business side. And then even when you look at creativity, I think. That's the one fun thing is because I'm in such close contact, both physically and on an artist level with all these other people, there's definitely this motivational fact of, oh man, like that's so cool. I can't believe he or she did that. Like I definitely want to try that or like do something similar. And I think just having our work being shared so frequently, even outside of Instagram has been extremely beneficial. Even being able to be like, hey, 
could you like come over to my computer? Like, what do you think about this website page? Do you think this needs tweaking? What do you think about this photo? Does this blog post look okay to you? Just being able to have that feedback readily available yeah. has also been incredibly beneficial for my business. And if anything has really attributed to the exponential growth I've kind of seen in my business so far in the past couple of years is just that very, very close exposure to having like-minded people at your, basically at your fingertips. And and you have to keep an open mind in order for others to be able to have that effect on you, right? If you go in with an ego, which is that you've got it figured out um, and, and how dare anybody suggest that I could do something different, it's it'll get in the way certainly of personal growth. And, and part of that personal growth can come through exposure to other ideas. It's important that we set ego aside and keep an open mind to other perspectives, right? Definitely. Yeah, I think that's something that you just kind of have to put down. And when, especially when you're working with other um, people, especially when they're really talented. And I'm very thankful and appreciate the fact that I get to work around such talented artists and business owners. But uh, yeah, that's something that I'm, I think even in a personal level, everyone wrestles with, right? But I think if you're able to let that go, or at least to really minimize it and to kind of break down that barrier, the opportunities it brings for conversation, for communication, for feedback, for critiquing, it really can take you very, very, very far. And I think, especially the world that we live in now, we're only trying to put out our best work, only show our best work. But really, if you have people who are just like you around you critiquing your work, they're only going to make you better. They're only going to want what's best for you. And so I think with that approach, it can take you uh, just very far. That's good. Yeah. Well, I was making some notes here as you were, you're chatting and just to kind of sum up some of those thoughts and maybe fill in in between the lines too. that the first thing that you mentioned though, was the willingness to connect. And, and this really can't be stressed enough. I know that we talk about the, the idea of introversion here on the podcast quite a bit, partially because of my personal experience with it. But, you know, so many photographers will comment on the fact that they have an introverted personality or tendency and that they're apprehensive connecting with people that they don't know. And um, I, there's there's a pretty significant psychological conversation that needs to be had exploring where those feelings come from, because the reality is we aren't just simply introverted. There is psychology that drives that based on personal experience. And if we're willing to explore that, then then there's an opportunity to kind of move beyond that. And, and that goes back to this idea of willingness. If we're willing to put ourselves out there, the, the reality is most people are, are pretty decent. We're not going to have a bad experience. And not only that, there are really great, great people in our photography industry that if we're willing to just kind of put ourselves out there even slightly to have a conversation, to smile at somebody and ask how they're doing and and dig a little bit deeper, go beyond the surface level, there's really wonderful opportunity to connect if we just are willing, if we're open to the idea. So the importance of being willing to connect is the first thing that I, that I wrote down here. And then the second thing was the importance of creating a space to connect. And that was me kind of filling in the lines, but this is applicable here figuratively and literally you literally created a space for creatives to connect gene but i think even doing something as simple especially for you listening in if you want to create a space for community and connection in your local market uh, something that we do here in chattanooga is we meet uh, for brunch on thursdays at a local coffee shop and uh, it's a really cool opportunity to connect with other photographers connect with like-minded people, certainly share ideas and, and funny stories, laugh, but, but ultimately connect with like-minded people. That's where it's, it's at. And if, if we're willing to create the space for that, if, if nobody's doing it, there's an opportunity to say, hey, 
to your local community. Let's meet for coffee on you know Wednesdays at 2 p.m. and and do that on a regular basis. Creating that space will encourage opportunity for connection. And then there might be an opportunity for a business like Gene has created. And uh, again, I'd, I'd encourage you to take a look at his at, at Creative Club Chicago too, and and look at how they're doing things. This is a really cool idea for your local market. And then thirdly, the importance of learning or being open to learning from other photographers, because there is so much to take away from what others have learned, both in business and on the creative level. We have to keep an open mind to that. And that's a really important idea. Gene, I really appreciate you sharing all of your experience and and being willing to come on the podcast in the midst of a, a busy season. Where can our listeners find you online? If you don't mind just sharing that one more time. Yeah, just like you mentioned earlier, my website is just G-E-N-E-Y-O-O-N.com. And then probably the place where I keep my most updated work as far as recent weddings or recent projects um, really is on Instagram. And I think that's where I do share a lot of things through my stories as well, just to keep both my clients, but also family and friends updated on what I'm up to. But like you mentioned earlier as well, my Instagram handle is just G-E-N-E-Y-O-O-N. And and I also have to give you props for your Instagram account. It's the, the variety is really nice. Again, in a world where you know this kind of seamless design of an Instagram feed, where everything kind of looks the same, the same color scheme, etc. You have a really wonderful variety, and it's still cohesive in a really beautiful way. But there's a wonderful variety of photography there, which I think showcases one's work and, and certainly your work specifically more effectively when you can share a wide variety of work. So it's, it's really beautiful. We'll link to that as well as your websites or websites in the show notes for everybody to check out and follow what you're doing. I really appreciate you though, uh, for making time for the book of podcast today. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. I think, uh, it's just given me even being on this podcast, a lot of just space to think about and introspect on what I'm working on kind of what's led me to where I'm at. But uh, no, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Well, your example is wonderful, Gene. And again, for those of you listening, follow Gene's example, do something, be proactive, not just with managing your your weekly schedule, which is in and of itself a great example, but particularly when it comes to connecting with others, take the lead, go out and create that space for community. And I think you're going to find wonderful reward for it. Thank you so much for listening to the Boca podcast. Will you let us know what you thought by leaving a review of the podcast in the Apple podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom image editing for the professional photographer. Visit photographersedit.com. <laughs>